Hello everybody, it's your old friends of Monday Madness and welcome to a very special episode of the That Was Liquid Football podcast. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's, it's been a week in which stuff has happened. Stuff has indeed happened. Uh, myself and Neil are, are, are here for you this week. Burt Boy is unfortunately shaking the gates at the Emirates trying to get in uh, to save Gunnar Salas and extinctions. He can't join us uh, this week. But um, it's a good thing too, Neil, because there's been very little on. Has there? Some piffling stuff's gone on. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let, let's just drop, let's just drop this joke. Um, this, the, the last two weeks might be one of the most seismic two weeks, week or so in um, football history, like ever. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely ever. Like, like legit, like this, uh, this entire week, uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> and how it fell on its fucking ass. To uh, coin David Boy Smith's phrase there, but um, it, it's this whole week has felt like an episode of Twenty Four, like a whole season just compacted <laughs> into a week. Where like you're starting off in one week and everything's fine, everything's nice and civilized, you know, everyone's going about their ways, playing Champions League football, you know, everyone's having a lovely time. And then by the end of like era one, you're thinking, oh, someone's been kidnapped. Oh, uh, someone has taken a secondary character. Oh, they're. The 12 clubs are, are disappeared off the radar. What's happening here? Hour two. They formed a new Super League. And within like hour nine, one club pulls out. Hour 12, another one pulls out. <laughs> hour 13, Jordan Henderson strangles John W. Henry for control of the Super League. Like but, the, the thing about it is, is that the one thing that disappoints me about it is that we didn't get longer in it. Like I'd love to have stretched this through to the weekend. <laughs> I, like, I feel like they, I feel like they burned this up too long, too quickly. Like you know, it's it's like if a plotline goes doesn't go on too long in a show. Like you know, yeah, it's, it, was, it was just such a ridiculous thing. So yeah, this is clearly twelve clubs deciding to form their own super league, um, mm. the European Super League, which is a hilarious fucking name for it, considering they're like they're only from three countries, and yes. <laughs> six of them are from one country. <laughs> and three of them are from the one city. How dare you denigrate the name of the big six? They're yeah, bigger man. than the premiers, sir. The big fucking six. Like, it's oh, such a joke. Like, but yeah. Well, yeah, let's, so let's, let, let's, let's start, jump into it then. So, again, we're not, it's not going to be the natural format that you, that you expected from us uh, because there's, there's no not point. Been a natural, it's not been a natural few weeks, has it? That's exactly it. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll dive into this whole uh, Super League nonsense, uh, kind of like, now, again, we are not journalists, so we're not going to give you a blow-by-blow account of what we're happened. We're going to give you, you our reflections on it and, and what we kind of think of it overall. But also, in a sense, like, actually um, interpret for us why this has actually happened. And I suppose where do you, where do you go from here is probably the best thing to think about because the, the fallout of this is going to be massive in my opinion like I get I want to think so but like again you're you're there looking at like UEFA and FIFA and then taking their side and going uh you feel like kind of weird it's like it's like it's like if Mussolini was fighting Hitler it was like who which who do you pick you know it's like they're oh, both so bad. yeah now so I suppose like we'll, we'll kind of dive in, into what the, the Super League was so in theory like the the Super League was essentially a money spinner that was the yeah, whole point. cash grab it was a complete cash, cash grab, grab. They'd gone uh, off, <clears throat> basically 12 clubs had gone off uh, and decided to try and spin their own kind of league that they would play in midweek. Hmm. So they could still play in their own leagues, which is just one of all fucking hilarious notions about this. Yes. And it would be bankrolled by JP Morgan. 
<laughs> I don't tune. know them. Uh, look up 2008 and yeah. you'll get your answer. To the tune of... Uh, also look up Ed Woodward. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he, he worked for them when they instigated the leveraged buyout of Manchester United. Yes. And then worked with the Glaciers and then when he left JP Morgan, they hired him. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's just not gone fucking well. Yeah. yeah, and the whole thing's been a complete fucking joke. Um, yeah, it was there. There was going to be fifteen teams in it. Um, Twelve had signed up. Three were awaiting. So the three that were awaiting were Paris Saint Germain, Borussia Dortmund, and Bayern Munich, mm. um, who had like thirty days to respond. Uh, Der Spiegel even. Yeah, the funny thing is, the Florentino Perez went uh, went on radio. And then said, "Oh, we didn't invite them. We didn't invite PSG. We didn't invite Bayern Munich. You know, uh, which is fucking stupid. If you're forming a European Super League to invite no French or German teams. So, funnily enough, his lie was actually worse than the truth. Yeah. <laughs> if he just said, "Yeah, we did invite them, but we hadn't heard back from them," that like the truth, basically. Yeah. Um, that would have been all right. That would have been fine. But instead, he said, "No, we didn't invite them." So it's like, okay, so you wanted to set up a European Super League, you didn't invite any German teams, you didn't invite any French teams. <laughs> it's like, what, two what the fuck? Like, do you, do you, what, what do you European... <laughs> Insane. Like, so yeah, like, so okay, let's, let, let's discuss who the, the founding members. So this is the, this is the mm. really, like, um, it's just... problem was the, was the actual, like, sporting merit of it, because... Essentially, like this was done to be like an NFL like franchise where you basically essentially buy in and you're not in danger of like relegation or anything like that. But there's also nothing really to fight for. It is just like one prize and everyone kind of starts off at the same keel. But it doesn't actually in football yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah, but know? to a degree, like I, I don't actually get the NFL comparison. Like I, I find that the NFL comparison is often made by people who don't watch NFL. Yeah, I found that weird as well. I found it more like an NBA type of. Set up sort of, it's just uh, like they say they want to go a lot of America, but let, a lot of American sports like they've mechanisms in it for parity. So, for instance, they've drafts, you know, which help college sport as well, exactly. So, they help and like the league's actually geared against hedging. So, like, so when, when a team forms a kind of lasting success, like what they call a fucking dynasty, like mm-hmm. it is truly something incredible. Like, the last 17. Super Bowls were won by 13 different teams. Yeah. You know, so that's, it, it's weird that they would use it. What they, what they are doing, it is an NFL style um, thing, but it's like NFL but with all of the like balancing shit cut out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, know. no, this is far too much balance, even on our terms. So let's get rid of it and fuck it. Like, just, yeah. just go in. You can't get relegated. We'll let five teams in uh, under circumstances that nobody knows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like there were there was a few like supposedly mooted. Like the biggest, one, even before this, like really kind of flared up. One of the biggest ones that was supposedly on the on the books was uh, was Fenerbahce, which I found very interesting. Now, that's kind of a story that's kind of like gone under the radar because obviously Fenerbahce is uh, basically state sponsored. It's it's owned partially by the Prime Minister of Turkey, a lovely man <laughs> by the name Verdogan. So yes. like it, it's funny how like like that that club very much distanced themselves from this as quick as it was becoming apparent because they were supposed to win the, in, in, uh, the invited and Porto um, the president of the club uh, basically came out and said we were offered an invitation and we turned it down because obviously 
um, this was the, because they, obviously they were in the bullshit part. Like I was trying to explain this to somebody who was trying to say like, well, how is this a bad thing? And I said, well, it, it, it's a bad thing because um, like association football has league systems, essentially. Like it's always had that kind of structure. And the fact that like you have 12 teams who have now no longer satisfied with uh, the threat of, of going down or wherever it is, because essentially they have their own uh, very serious insecurities at the moment, because we'll go through the clubs and, and tell you why. Um, but the fact that like those 12 are safe and nothing bad can happen to them, right? But then you have like, and, and, those, and there's three other clubs as well in that, in that conversation that we mentioned. But the five clubs that do go in can get relegated from the Super League. They're invited in by... The, the gentleman that is the fifth, the founded, the founding twelve, as if yeah, the fucking like the criteria for those five being brought in was never explained. Like no, it was, it was like who did they like? Who did they Perez, like? Yeah, Perez had that. Like the reason why they were forming the Super League was because they were fed up with UEFA's governance and their lack of transparency. Yet he couldn't. Like first off, he was ever he had invited two German teams and the French team. So yeah. like like yeah, wait wait to be transparent there, Perez, and then couldn't explain how the league was going to operate, <laughs> you know, who was sanctioning it because it wasn't going to be FIFA sanctioned. No. Uh, you know, like the funding was supposedly going to come from JP Morgan, but that wasn't really confirmed. Um, like you just couldn't even answer basic questions about how it would work, who, how much money would be getting paid. Uh, yeah. How would the five invitational teams be brought in? Like, what was the system like it was fucking ridiculous <laughs> like, i think it was also it was also quite funny because a lot of people and i, I noticed myself in the branding of it like a lot of people like immediately called it the european super league but i always found like it was kind of intended to be very much broader than that because I, I always figured like well if they wanted to call it the european super league they would have but because they just called it the super league i think that's leaving the door open for like clubs from outside of the continent to jump in like say clubs from saudi arabia or in the from the u.s any like new US franchises can jump in, like into Miami or so forth, or even stuff from like uh, from from South America. So I think that was like a, a kind of a design for it as well. But even the logistics of that is ludicrous. Like, oh, are you gonna like bring like a like a, a team from Saudi Arabia in, and you're gonna fly a team like once every fortnight to Saudi Arabia to fight to play them in this league? It's no, it's not happening. It's just no chance. And and yeah, like it's it was such a a flight of fancy from people owning these clubs who ultimately are not grounded in reality, you know, as, as billionaire owners aren't, let's be fair. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show like all the concessions that have been made towards these owners and these clubs have not appeased them because no. the thing is about making concessions towards billionaires is that it's never enough. They'll just always want more. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the thing about that is it's it, like the timing of it was so rotten because during the week, like literally on the Monday, UEFA had announced that they had reformatted the Champions League uh, from 2024 onwards. And this yeah, is the, it's going to the Swiss model, which is a Swiss fucking model. terrible idea. It's, it's, it's a horrendous idea. It, it is a European Super League by the back door. It really you know? is, actually. It's funny yeah. how like the main criticism of the Super League is that there's no relegation and you know teams mm. get in not on merit. They just get in because they were the first in the door, founding members and all this shit. And yet one of the changes to the UEFA qualification is that there's going to be legacy positions for teams that have a high coefficient but haven't qualified. Yes. Like, wait a minute. Isn't that just what they, isn't that exactly what you're criticizing them for doing? I mean, like, you're doing that on a smaller scale, but like, you know, this yeah. is, you know, 
this is like, like you, overall, you're this is like a, less positions for playoffs, right? So the actual teams that like let's let's just take a kind of a bad example at the moment, but Slavia Prague, like they went through the entire qualifying system, got into the Champions League, and by merit finished ahead of Inter to get in the Europa League, and they made it to the quarterfinals. Like that's a team that like regardless of the of of what happened on the field and for are obviously horrible situations. But it, as an example, that's a club that did actively earn their way through. Absolutely. European competitions. Slavia Prague, didn't they put out uh, Leicester? They knocked Leicester. They did, yeah. yeah, they knocked out Leicester, yeah. knocked out Rangers, they knocked out Inter. Team that, yeah. team that well, four or five years ago won the Premier League. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. and, and somehow weren't invited, which is a bit depressing as well. Even they though like Leicester's really owned good. by someone more fucking uh, wealthy than Arsenal and Spurs combined. <laughs> they just didn't, they didn't invite loads of teams. Like, they didn't invite Ajax. Like, like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. Ajax, Ajax want to be mid-table Champions League team. <laughs> you don't understand that. Really. that that's, they're they're, they're committed to the Swiss model. They, they found their niche and they're happy there. Yeah, it that's was, it. They are they oh, are Dutch Stoke. That's what they are from now on. Oh, it's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, man, like, I just... Iman Alexander Seferin's got a good line in rage. <laughs> I've I've never seen like it is normally his outburst is for when you know when you you look at like the mad owners of like some obscure South American club mm. when they go fucking completely tonto they're coked off their nut and yes. they're running out onto the pitch in mat like match day with a gun down their bags. <laughs> you know, well, as you call them, full Olympiacos. Exactly. So, like, like excuse me. But fucking went off. I mean, he just like he was dropping bombs left, right, and center. Like, in a way, I don't blame him because Andrea Agnelli is a fucking snake. Like, oh, man. like, like this is the architect of the revamped Champions League, and he literally three days before it gets announced announces the Super League with Juventus, you who he also it. had a hand in. Exactly, you say there to Wood, you say there about Woodward as well. He's just like, uh, he, his quote about Woodward was, I've been a criminal lawyer for decades, but I've never seen people lie this much. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Did you oh, hear the fucking the spin? The spin oh, where, man, now, where like, he got like a day's notice and he resigned because of it. You fuck right off. It was awful. Follow the paper trail, lads. Follow the paper trail. You say that like uh, you said he was having conversations with Woodward about the new format, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great, that's great." It's like I didn't realize that when he said, "Yeah, he was fine," it was because they were going to propose something else. Yeah, (laughs) but uh, no, him calling Ignelli was a a pure snake was hilarious because you know Ignelli is his dog, is is god dog, is his godfather. Godfather, Godfather, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. that's hot sauce, that is. But yeah, like, so for those like, um, kind of asking, like, again, so we were asking, like, we first answered kind of what was the Super League, and like, when was like, like now they wanted to do it in August, which is like, oh yeah, they wanted to start it in the summer, like they wanted to start it like fuck immediately because most of these clubs, like Perez has gone on, um, like somebody when he he did a disastrous TV fucking oh my lord really. Yeah really has to be seen to be disbelieved it's fucking awful like hmm. he, I, I don't understand like it was almost as if somebody was like because like, like when you're that rich like you're prepped for everything you've, you've got people who prime you for fucking everything and i just yeah. don't believe that his advisors went oh go out there and act like you've got syphilis hmm. yeah you know <laughs> because that's how where we went but um he was mentioned they mentioned all oh, the changes to the champions league according in 2024 and he meant look we can't wait that long because you know some of these clubs aren't going to exist. 
I wonder why that is, Florentino Perez. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He's blaming everything on the coronavirus and the UEFA. And I was going, like, but look at the clubs that are desperate. By the way, desperate is the word to describe all these clubs. Yeah. Pure desperateness. Um, like, in particular, like, for Barcelona to run in, to go with something that is being run by the Real president. <laughs> like, that just shows you, like, yeah. that's just like that is absolute that is literally I have no other choice I either die or I do this because even because all the clubs put out this sycophantic bullshit post mm. based on oh we are now a, we are a founding member of the Super League le, 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 le. and predictably like Arsenal put out a quote about the Super League that they were going to be a founding member of but well, not a single quote from anybody at Arsenal yeah that was <laughs> well that was a really good part for, for Liverpool as well because yeah. again they kind of like did a synchronised like weird part of the Super League yeah it was a synchronised statement and but for was... Liverpool to have Joel Glazer co-signing yeah. that letter is all all but funnily enough funnily enough wrong. Barcelona were the last team to put that out it was hours they, their one was delayed by a few hours and when they put it out they've actually got Perez's quote it's cut out They've cut his quote out. That's how much they dislike the man, that they cut his quote out of something that they were going in that he's running. Like, that just shows you how desperate they are. Yeah, and it, it, it's ridiculous because, like, like okay, so again, you're asking, kind of like, why? So, like, the why of this is, obviously, we mentioned it's money. But let's like, face it, like, the actual, when you do look at it, like, the, 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 the pandemic has been this kind of weird reset for football in certain ways. Like, if you look at the Premier League now, like, I, like, four members of this supposed big six are not in the big six, you know, like at the moment, like, like Man United are, are, are second, fair enough. Like they've, they've actually had a super season in fairness to them and City likewise have, have walked it. But Leicester, West Ham, uh, they're like, they're looking at Champions League football this year. Liverpool struggling for form. Chelsea, they had to sack Lampard off mid-season. Arsenal and Spurs are struggling for, for seventh, for eighth. You know, mm-hmm. and they're, they're they're fighting. Who do they fight? Everton, Leeds for the, for those positions. Yeah, we're going to be playing Everton in a few minutes, actually. Yeah, I like it's. And the thing is, like, like the like these clubs, these clubs have their own reasons for for entering the Super League. Obviously, some of them were motivated by money, and we'll kind of touch on there for a minute. But for the actual like kind of like sporting reasons, you know, like Arsenal Spurs are held in this kind of mid-table quandary because they are ho- horrendously mismanaged either on the pitch or off the pitch. For Spurs, like situation, it was probably it was more than likely on the pitch because they have such a ridiculous markup on all their players that that's made them completely unsaleable. You know, like like how much would they would they charge for Harry Kane? One hundred and twenty million. No one's going to pay that. Yeah, Deli Ali, that 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 valuation is dropping with every fucking week. And and the same with a lot of their players. The likes of your like Lloris's and Alderweireld's massive wages for Spurs. And the problem is they're too old to essentially get a get value out of you know so you're stuck with them, and um, so it's just it's bad management in that point of view, and um, and for Arsenal you probably say it's above it's off the pitch because there's been so many changes every season on like who's director of football here who's actually in charge of transfers who's like yeah the interference of Kia Jarabjian for example, and that's interfering with the actual team chemistry because. Like you think with Arsenal, oh, yeah, let, let's get some of our young lads in. Let's get Smith Rowe in and, and Willock and Niketi and all that. And then suddenly you spend 230000 on William on a three-year deal. Right, okay, that sounds like a mixed message to me, you know. And like, and, and the same thing with, like, with Liverpool, I think, 
and again, like uh, Klopp got very kind of like uh, tetchy over the week because of Liverpool getting it in the neck in particular, but they should get it in the neck, you know, uh, particularly Liverpool and Man United because they're the two of the main architects of this, at least from the English side. We'll, we'll talk about Spain in a minute, but uh, again, it, it's yeah, it's like absolutely... as we said, like yeah, the, the, the Super League was being underwritten by J.P. Morgan, who mm. were going to de- finance the league via debt financing set against future broadcast rights. Yes. And the thing about like JP Morgan funding something through deficit financing, I was like, ah, that didn't work out so well for Manchester United, did it? No, <laughs> that's and, that's the thing, and, and this is it. This is exactly what they're doing. This is like a football equivalent of digging up stupids. That's what, exactly what this is. So you have the likes of Man United who are, as you said, riddled in debt and it's just been underwritten, underwritten, underwritten. Barcelona, same. Real, same. Juventus, the same. They're all in the same prop. They're all in the same hole here. But then you have like clubs like Liverpool, you know, who are actually, to their credit, are run adequately well as a football club because they, their model is, is whatever it is. But again, they are operating with a massive loss this season because of no fans. And I think like that was their logic of, of jumping in was thinking like well let's just like increase our budget and just play with the big boys but yeah. it's just not about that at all like they've completely no, it's, lost of it. it's, yeah, it's, it's a cash grab and I think when in all fairness to that Arsenal hierarchy and that's literally not one of the not a phrase I'll ever say really because yeah. uh, Josh Cronkey got onto a fan forum there a couple of days back and got fucking pilloried out of it mm. but basically the reasons why Arsenal were saying there was like kind of knew it wasn't that good an idea but we thought it was going to go ahead because there was so much clout behind it and we figured we you want to we kind of want to be in and not you that know that was it that was the chelsea stance as well they felt like it was better I, to I be don't think, i don't think so i think with chelsea and city i think their reasons for getting in was popularity because yeah well look at chelsea and city look at chelsea and city like they're they're basically sports washing enterprises True. Fair point. They don't care about the money. That's why they were the first to pull out. When it became, when they became, they're, they're they're in football to be popular. You know. Yes. Winning is a bit of it. All right. Then you could, if they could win, if they could be popular as popular as they are without winning, without spending as much money to win as they do, they do it. It's it's yeah, in it to be pure sports washing. So when the Super League became massively unpopular because there was not a single fan group that was with it. Mm. that's why they were the first they were like oh no we're here for the publicity and this is not it uh later um mm. and that's just pretty much it you know um huge uh like why were tottenham signed up for it? money kind of levy doesn't really need the cash although they have spent a billion quid in a stadium that hasn't had a single fan in it for two years um, like, yeah, yeah. Like, they, like they have their reason for it and it is the case no. of just like it, it's there's, also, there's also the heavy rumours going around that he's trying to sell the club off, hence why he's striking deals with the NFL. So they're going to be playing, yeah. like, I think they're going to have like two or three NFL games played at the toilet bowl. I think um, it's like Atlanta, I think Atlanta and uh, Atlanta, I can't remember the name of the team, but Atlanta's one of them for sure. But they are, but he's definitely trying to get into bed with one NFL team in particular because I keep seeing their name come up with the NFL with the Spurs games and I can't place it offhand. I want to say Seattle, but I'm wrong. No, it's not the Seahawks. Um, like Vomit not Blood, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, it's in my head, but it's not that. It's not them. But um, 
but yeah, it's and like that, that's the kind of the stance from the English clubs. Like some of them are, are in for, as I said, like for the, the for the vanity project part of it. Some of them have a financial need for it, but also some of them have like a sporting need for it because, as I said, Arsenal Spurs are in this kind of like mid-table quagmire and they can't get out of it by their own merits. So they said, okay, let's just make our own competition and like get more money so we can spend on players and just like artificially um, move themselves up in the echelons. It, on the continent, it's a bit weird because, as I said, like um, no French or German teams declared like a, a formal interest in the uh, Super League, even though, we, like, let's face it, PSG would be in it, you know, if they didn't want to win the Champions League this year. Munich, like, to their credit, how cannot do it because of the fan ownership rules in Germany. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get back to that point uh, later because it wouldn't be allowed. But even the likes of Leipzig, which is interesting, they're one of the few privately owned clubs in Germany. And they didn't uh, enter in for it either. But I think it's because, and I, I could be wrong here, it, if they're the only club in Germany going for it, then they don't have any sway. Same with PSG. Like I couldn't, like, I couldn't picture any other French teams going for the Super League because they'd just be raided immediately. Like Lyon would not do that. That's not their model. Likewise with, say, like Monaco could, but Monaco do not have the sway anymore. And um, need to do Marseille. So PSG were the only team that could like theoretically go for it. But they'd be in a class of one. So there's no political power. There's like they are they are an island here, whereas with Spain and Italy you had three from each like league going in. So they could say we could say we could recognise that we're the three biggest teams in this country. Therefore, you have to go with what we say because you need us as well. That was the kind yeah. of relationship. Um, but as we'll probably talk about Neil uh, in Spain, there's a very dire need for a Super League because of pure financial incompetence. Absolutely. Um... We've said it before on this podcast, Barcelona are 1.2 billion in the hole. Um, yeah. Over 700 million of that is due probably by the end of this season, if not definitely. But, oh yeah, 700 million of that is due by the end of the season. Um, oh no, wait. 700 million is due by the yeah, end no, of the Yeah, I think you're right to that, yeah. Yeah, there's 300 million they owe, because Tifo did a fucking video on this, so they owe, there's 225 million in bank loans. Mm-hmm. And there's 120 mil- 155 million in tr- net transfer debt. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like they're still paying off like the Vidal deals. They're still paying off the Malcolm deals. They're still paying off the Coutinho deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they still owe, actually they still owe like fucking 40, 50 million on the Coutinho deal. It's crazy how much money they still. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and like and that's gaining, that's gathering interest. Like they have to get a fucking move on that. These, these players don't fucking play for the team anymore. Like, you know, Coutinho was loaned out to go win the Champions League with Bayern Munich. Like <laughs> it's just hilarious. And that's this yeah. is the point. Like when Perez starts, uh, sorry, yeah, Real are three hundred and sixty million in the hole. Juventus have to find a hundred million euros by the end of July. Mm-hmm. Um, Inter are fucked. They're just hemorrhaging cash and there's nothing coming in. Um, we should, we should explain the reason for that is that their uh, owners are Chinese and their parent company is folded. So there's, they, oh, yeah. they, they are, they, like their bank like result is zero and yeah. everything in like Inter Milan is multiplying by zero. That's what's happening yeah, there. Exactly. So it's just, it's just. And it's crazy. the same story for AC because they have a, they have Chinese ownership as well. Yeah. But, uh, it's it's fucking there. ludicrous. Like just uh, what's, what's going on there. It's just. It's mental, and also they're violating a lot of contracts. So Manchester United are going to have enter over a barrel over the Lukaku deal, um, because when they bought Lukaku for that incredible amount of money, they'd spaced payments over such a long time period that Manchester United had a clause put into the contract that if they ever missed a payment, they could demand all of the money up front immediately, 
and in terms of the missing payments. <laughs> smart choice in the end, like. Um, well, it was a smart. Well, yeah. Well, it, it, when they looked at like how spaced out the fucking uh, payments were, they were like, "This is dumb. We gotta ha- we gotta cover our arses." And um, so yeah, so I, I don't think they're gonna go bankrupt because Inter have a lot of pillageable assets. Um, no doubt. Manchester United are going to waltz in. We were talking about this before we started recording. Like, no doubt they're going to waltz in and go, yeah, you owe us the guts of 40 million up front, which you have to pay us because yes. you, violate, you violated the contract. <laughs> so, like, we can come in and literally take the fucking building. Or that Arturo Martinez could buy. Ooh, yeah, we like to look at him. The really rotten place that these big clubs are in because... They're at the stage, like all a lot of these clubs we're talking about, like they have such big bloated teams with massive wage bills. And the, the, sad, the, the, the real kind of weird thing is this wouldn't necessarily be a problem in normal times. But in, a, but in a situation where you've had no attendance fees and uh, particularly in England, it's been an issue. But over in Spain and Italy, they have like very poor TV deals as well. And well, TV deals basically. Yeah, they're poor all around. Yeah, I mean, like, all the rights are going to go, all the, the money and the rights. And this is another thing for the, the Super League. All the money and the rights is going to go down. Yeah. You know, the the latest round of bidding for the Premier League, they could, like the next three years of Premier League thing, they're going to go down. They're going to get less money. They're going to get about roughly around about a billion pounds less. Mm. You know, it's a huge amount of cash. The Italian bids were so low, they stopped the bidding. Yeah. Um. As we mentioned, like French French TV doesn't want the football. French the French league the French league the, as of right now as of we are recording right now, uh, it's the twenty third of the fourth two thousand and twenty one. Yeah. Right now, there is no broadcaster for the next season for French football. Yeah. They do and, not know. Now only doing it because of the prime minister's like intervention. And they also, were, they were requested yeah. by the politicians. To actually broadcast football, and the deal and the deal they've put on the table is quite literally chicken feed in comparison to the deal that fell through that they burned Canal Plus, yes, for. So it like it is crazy, but as of right now, they've not agreed to anything. There is no broadcaster for French football tomorrow, of yeah. the next season. Next season, yeah, it, it's like it's insane, like. And, and let's be fair here. Like that, that like story is being repeated everywhere because I remember even a couple of years ago, um, this story, a similar story running for La Liga, where like like Sky Sports, like, and we'll get to them in a minute because they are a massive reason why this is happening in the first place. But Sky for a long time had the rights to Spanish football, and to their credit, they 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 put their way behind it and they gave a lot of blanket promotion. And then BT came knocking and like wanted some of the, the pie as well. And essentially, like it came to the point where Sky and PD were competing for that for, for Spanish football for a little bit. And then both sides decided that they didn't want it because yeah. it wasn't for them. Like again, like so like Sky and BT went full ham into the Premier League and 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 I suppose rightfully so, because the Spanish League just wasn't as appealing and they weren't drawing in the viewers they wanted. Whereas with the Premier League, it was guaranteed money. So like in a way, it's a combination of then these massive teams uh, like Barca and Real living outside their means, but then also not realizing that their bubble is shrinking massively because of these like things outside, like TV deals and like and a pandemic that no one could have anticipated. Yeah. But the fact that there wasn't any kind of like spray glass for like extra emergency funds, like it actually shows up how like knife edge all these big clubs operate. Like they literally, oh, like, wrong. Incredible. It's just incredible. Incredible. Yeah. you know, like, 
Barcelona for the longest time have had the largest amount of debt. Um, <laughs> they pull in like nearly they pull in like nearly three quarters of a billion euros a year. Like that's an insane amount of cash. Like even yeah. like only Man U pull in more money. And again, like those are the two clubs with the highest amount of debt that they have to finance. Um, and it's just it's just it's mental. Like yeah, it's insane. And you're just gonna like any interruption to the gravy train. Like any little halt, boom! Like it was just, it was gonna collapse in. Like it's a house of cards, and, and that's the reality of it. Like this wasn't, this isn't a small bump. This isn't if like, um, because again, we get to the reasons why, according to Florentino Perez, we need a super league because they're fucking <laughs> fights. But this isn't wasn't a small bump. This was a train crash because you've got no fans, you've got no attendance, no TV deals. If you're in continental Europe, the Premier League are literally surviving on a TV deal. And it's blanket coverage. You're and they're staggering like start times to accommodate this TV screens, which is fair enough in a pandemic. But like, like they are solely solely like um. But they were doing that before the pandemic, like TV. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, there was all that way anyway. Were regularly rescheduled for TV mm. deals with absolutely no thought for the fans who were going to be travelling to these fucking games. Like, yeah, that was like, one of the biggest bugbears of the rescheduling. It was like, okay. Like you know, constantly Arsenal Manchester games were being scheduled outside of the train ti- t- trains timetable. So Arsenal mm. fans traveling to Manchester United or vice versa couldn't get trains home. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like Fair. you fucking Fair. idiot. But like I said, it, it it it's so it's so uh, ridiculous because all of these like and the like they're bear in mind. Like, let's face it, like these were always going to be on the horizon. Like there were there were cases where like these are. Issues that like we'll deal with it next time. We'll cross the bridge when we come to it, and then suddenly the bridge is now, and it's like you like with the, with stuff like the pandemic and all these other uh, circumstances, you've been getting faster and faster towards this rickety bridge, and now all these big bloated like morbidly obese clubs are now being asked to traverse this fucking rickety bridge, and shockingly the planks are collapsed and they're falling through. So. Like the, like the Super League was hoping to be their safety net, and like it, it it's mad as again as of recording. The likes of Real and Barca are, and Juventus are still clinging on to this hope that it'll work, and it's just not. It's not going to happen, um, and it, it's like, in a way, it's just pure denial as well. Because I, 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 let's face it, they they, they know what's going to happen if it doesn't ha- if it doesn't pull through, then like these clubs are going to go to the wall, and it will be their fault. It'll be the fault of Bartolomeu. It'll be Agnelli's fault. It'll be. Perez's fault like they will be like hung and quartered by the fans because of this absolutely I'm like I, I don't think I think Real aren't going to go bankrupt they're seemingly somewhat more stable they've got a lot more marketable assets sell off they're, they're partially owned, uh, publicly owned as well they're, they're on the phone owned and their debt isn't like you owe us this you owe us X billions tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> you know their debt is there's a bit of time frame on that and they can you know they can sell a few players. They can yeah. they can do some shit. Whereas Barcelona are completely fucked. They have no chance. And the Italian clubs are completely fucked. They have no chance. And all the French clubs are completely fucked. They have no chance. They're all going to go bankrupt. They're literally going to go bankrupt with no TV deal. Um, fucking, I was looking at the Swiss Ramble there. Great fucking stuff. Like normally, French clubs are looking. They're looking to you know make in about. 10, maybe 15 million quid from player sales or some shit like that to kind of help balance the books. With no TV deal, they're all starting off at minus 45 million. <laughs> and you're going like, 
Okay, that's not going to pay not, us money to sign someone. That's not a good, yeah, exactly. That's not a good um, starting point. That's not a good square one. Uh, there was a great fucking, uh, there's a great little article on The Athletic about transfers and all the stuff. And there's agents and transfer agents and all that on there going like, these guys are agreeing to everything. Like, they're, they're not playing any kind of hardball whatsoever. Um, yeah. Said that one club uh, who signed a French player and uh, signed a player off a French club in January were amazed at the terms the club agreed to. Everything was tilted in their favor, like the, the buying club's favor. They were just mm. desperate to get rid of the guy. It's like and now, like in the past, the, the, one of the quotes is like in the past they'd be holding off, going, "Oh, can you give us more money? Can you give us more money? Mm. We'll see if we can get somebody else involved and you know spark a bidding war." Now they're saying. Oh, if we could do the deal next week, can we get any more? Like, you know, like it's a fair point because, like, um, because like Villa were Villa like rated the French league quite well this season, and like the like now Morgan Sanson didn't really get a chance in the season, but Bertrand Traore, you like, like this is a player who was like top scorer, like nearly top scorer in league on like uh, two seasons ago, as not cut from Chelsea, but he like made his like he made his career in with Leon in a strike force that would have included the likes of Fekir and Lacazette and he was still bumping in goals yeah. and his, those, once those players left he was there and the Bele actually as well and once those players left he was immediately in and like just kept scoring and again Leon is a great example because that's a team that like literally bases its budgets off what they sell they are a selling club that's that's what, how they make their infrastructure um, and like, that's a death knell for them because like they are like unfortunately they are quite a well run club but in a very poorly run league, it's, it's kind of in a weird way. They're the ones in the Super League as well, like because they're adequately run. You yeah, know? it's a terribly run league. It's absolute garbage. I mean, like, it's yeah. so bad. But now you're gonna have just you just like I, I was saying years ago, like they should have won a run on the Italian leagues when all this fucking deficit financing shit started. Mm. Which which will probably happen now. Let's be fair. Like, now, but there's also gonna yeah. be a run on a lot of the French league, the French club as well. They've got mm. a ton of people. Like, I guarantee you. Leicester are probably kicking the fuck out of themselves for paying close to what they played about fifty million for Fafana. I think it adds up to about forty, like add-ons and stuff 40, like 40, that. Forty, fifty million. Right now, they'd get them for half that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. And like it's yeah. <laughs> again, like we're, we're playing... <laughs> like this is the this is the beautiful part because like Watford are likely to be in the Premier League next season again, and like we know what like they're owned by the Pizza family who own a team in Udinese and a team in Granada. So they could literally become like a refugee ship for Italian and Spanish like alumni. So it's yeah. like, hey, do you want to get paid properly? Okay, come on in. Come on, let's go to Watford. Yeah, I know it's Watford. You want to get paid full stop, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like this, this thing, Newcastle are going like, where is Stephen Carr? Where's fucking Alan Pardew? Can we not raid Graham Carr? Can we not raid the French League again? Like this worked so well the first time. We could make it to sixth, lad. Sixth. You can definitely get a demand. There are going to be some serious bargains yeah. whipping around the French league exactly. now. Because they, they have a huge glow of fucking incredible talent coming through. And yeah. now it's all it's now all in the hands of clubs who are fucking their square one. The Premier League. Their when square you know one is 45 million quid behind everybody else, yeah. and they're just desperate. This it's is this is what I couldn't understand. Yeah, like this is what I couldn't understand of the of the Super League overall because like 
they essentially like okay granted like they're kind of like they're citing the likes of UEFA not being happy with their governorship and so forth and then whatever like other like little pissing contests they have but if they're saying like well we need to establish our own brand and um, because we're afraid of basically extinction for want of a better word like if you're if that's the case then why are you inviting the werewolves why are you inviting the ones in sheep's clothing why are you inviting the premier league teams at all because like if you're if that's the case you should be competing with the premier league because they are your nearest rivals like in terms of champ of tv deal like the premier league still outweighs champions league so if you're afraid of your own kind of like survival then you should have been talking to all the different like clubs in Europe and saying, listen, we need to brand band together and do our own, literally a European Super League to complete with the Premier League. And they're all on the continent. It's all fairly feasible. It's all possible. And they can all collect together and go one major TV deal and compete that way. But they didn't. They, they allowed the top six in because they have their own vested interests as well. And like shockingly, then Florentino Perez goes all fucking come down on me when like everything kicks off and they all pull out. It's like, what were you expecting? Like, they're not the ones that need the money. You do. Like, this is the worst strategy you've ever fucking suggested. It's insane. That's one of the things about the Super League was just how poor an idea it was. Like, yeah. supposedly, like, they've been working on this for fucking months. And you look at the idea. And you look at the proposal. Three-year project, Neil. Three you years. Look at, you look at the proposal and you're going, this isn't thought out at all. No. <laughs> it's just like... No fucking I was just like, that's the one thing that really fucking weirded me out about the whole thing. Was just, just zero thought. Like, you can tell when somebody's presented something to you and you're like, you haven't put any thought into this, have you, mate? Nah, yeah. this is, you're just talking straight off the top of your fucking head. You are shite. It's like and someone's there, like, presenting a PowerPoint presentation they've never seen before. Exactly, yeah. You know, and they're trying to do it without looking behind them so that you don't cough <laughs> on that they don't fucking know. So they're kind of looking at whatever snippets they can get. That's it, yeah, yeah. The corner of their eye at the fucking laptop screen. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's just fucking crazy. Like, it's so mad. And, ah, it's so, it was such a terrible idea. It was an absolutely, absolutely terrible idea. Like, yeah. So, so now that we've kind of explained like the how and, and the kind of mechanics of this, it's time. Like, I suppose like we're again we're recording this, not knowing how this is going to all like kind of shake out for the clubs involved. But there has been a lot of conversations about sanctions and, and fines and so forth. And um, like, supposedly there is a pattern. Supposedly in the because all the clubs, how the clubs signed up to this, they literally did sign agreements to go into it. Yeah. They're non-legally binding. So they can back out, but apparently there is a penalty, a financial penalty. Because mm. Kron- this was meant Josh Cronkey in the fan forum uh, at Arsenal when he was getting absolutely fucking, he was getting eggs thrown at him, <laughs> you know, verbally. Mm. Um, somebody mentioned this event. Oh, by the way, there, there are financial penalties for pulling out. Like, there's no way that they would allow clubs to sign in for this and then just check out without leaving yeah, their course, keys yeah. in the door, if you get me. And he, he like, you know, he was kind of hoping, obviously, nobody would mention that. But then he went and said, look, KSE will cover that. Like, th- that that money will not be taken out of Arsenal. Um, which, I, which I have to say, like, that has to be the, salute, the, the correct way for all the other also, we don't know how much money that is. Like, nobody knows how much money that is. No. Like, we've, you know? like there's been so many different, like, reports. And some have been saying, like, it's a 100 million buy-in for the 23 years. Some people have been saying it's 8 million per season because it's a 23-year deal. So, yeah. like, but where is that money going to? Is it going to JP Morgan? Is it going to fucking Florentino Perez? Like, where is it? Where is that, like, actual, like, finance going to? 
in a way. Like, did even JP Morgan even commit any money? Like, that's even another question to it. Like, how far did that go in the in the deal? You know, well, with interest rates now, like international interest rates now at zero, so financing it was never an issue. Yeah, so it was getting people who would like kind of lost leader it for a bit, and then you know factor that against as we said it was deficit it was deficit financed against mm. future uh, broadcasting deals because yeah. they were expecting to get huge amounts of cash for this for off the broadcasters and they didn't um, oh. <laughs> and again and again that's this is a point we'll, we'll talk to now as well but, but before that like the fact that like and for me again it, it, it hurts really more and again as an Arsenal fan you'll agree with this like it hurts so much more that your club is involved in this because like historically there like this is something that like the like previous iterations of our club would never opt in for like even if we were top like dog we wouldn't go for it like it, again if Arsene Wenger was at the club what would his thoughts would be well if, see that's like, the thing like I, th- I think Wenger would have definitely kicked back against it far more than what Arteta has done but then again like Wenger is a sport legend and a club yeah. veteran you know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To expect Definitely. Arteta in his second year only of management to do something similar mm. um, is a bit much. But I still think that, like, I'm not surprised that our, that Kroenke, when he was offered this, signed Arsenal up and didn't tell him. Yeah. See, that's the thing about it as well. Like, th- like they weren't told about it. Like, Arteta, none of the backroom staff were told about this. Mm. They were all found out about it later on. Same, same with Klopp. Like, it was even actually the Liverpool example is even more egregious. You were playing Spur- you were playing Leeds like eight, yeah, the day after or something like that. Yeah, like you I know, mean, were playing Burnley as the na- news was. Yeah, was as the news broke, you know, God like, love Ollie. Like I, I feel so fucking bad for him in particular because he was asked a question and you could clearly see, like five minutes beforehand, Jeff Street had told him about yeah. what was going on, and like Jeff, like and to, to Jeff's credit, like he didn't press him. So it was like, have you heard anybody Zoom? No. Okay, Grant. Thanks, Ali, for your time. That's just yeah, like, yeah. what do you what do you want me to say? He doesn't know. He literally well, has no. What Klopp got, which was he got needled about it. Um, oh man, yeah, yeah. He got. That's why he got angry during his interview. He but he's right though. But in a sense, like it's right that he should get needled because out of like out of all the six, I think the worst like offender there is Liverpool, because with Man United with like Man United's institution, you know, it, it makes like they have for a long time have been the biggest team in England. Uh, likewise, Arsenal. Arsenal have had their time in the sun. They've been like regularly a European contender. Like they perhaps have an argument to be in a Super League. Chelsea and Man City can buy in. Spurs have no business there, so they can fuck right off. <laughs> but Liverpool, right? For the legacy that they have, yes, they've been European champions. Yes, they've been like English champions for years. But it's the ethos of the club I think really hurts most because, again, I, 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 if you're a Liverpool fan, you know what the the ideology of Liverpool is, it's inherently socialist. Like Bill Shankly was a massive red. And like, I'm not talking about Liverpool there, I'm talking about his politics. He was as far left as you get. And he built his club around that. He built, he believed in like investing in the club in the city of Liverpool because he because he loved the city of Liverpool. He believed in, he believed in the people. The people believed in him. And it was this inherently socialist idea. And like he brought that to the club. He, and, and let's face it, like, like Liverpool have been for the longest time has been a socialist area. Like they've been always Labour voters and stuff like that. And that's always tied into the club. And same with Everton, by the way. I'm not ruling them. They're not like fucking secret Tories or anything like that. So relax. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. So when this happens and you have those like that bedrock of history 
from from Shankly to Buzz to Buzzbeach, hear me to Fagan and Dalgleish to Sunez. Like they all were built in that mold of like built like doing this for yourselves and doing this for the people and stuff like that. A really emotional tie to the to the, the city and the people in it. And then for these American owners who, and again, like Hicks and Gillette, let's be fair, they would have been like the fucking like penners of this. These cunts are still involved in the club. But for John Henry to come in and sign us up for it and to be one of the major architects of this, he's trying to distance himself now, but let's face it, he was, he had a big part in this. Oh yeah. He's he's looking at this, he's looking at Liverpool as an asset, right? And let's face it, it is. Um, But the thing is that when you do these kind of like marketing ploys and you are using phrases like you never walk alone and this means more and all this kind of real like emotive uses of the phrase. I don't know if they own a right to you never walk alone, but I don't think they have any right to use it personally. They try to to trademark uh, Liverpool. Like yes, the, they try to they try to trademark Liverpool, and then like literally every like satellite club in the city of Liverpool went fuck off, <laughs> go away, stop. And then like then like the warning signs have been there. They have they like they furloughed like staff during a pandemic, which is just not something a club of Liverpool would do. It just it's just not them. Likewise at Arsenal, like every club has done it. They all opted in for it, and then they opted out when they when the people said you have the money. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, but it's 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 that mindset of like, of them trying to compete with Barcelona's and Real Madrid's outside. Like they're not focusing internally, and that's that's just the that's just their mindset. You can't change that, and which is where the question of ownership comes in. So, when the Brit when the British government are talking, you know, about this, and uh, and again, it's it's usually a really bad end of the story if Boris Johnson's coming in on horseback <laughs> to save the country. Like what? What's wrong? Is there a fucking famine or something? Or what's ha- what's happening? Has it has he shagged too many fucking mistresses? What's going on? But there is talk of doing own- new ownership laws for English clubs, where it'll be a carbon copy of the fifty plus one uh, fan ownership rules. So essentially, whatever happens, they like a fan, like a representative of the fan of of fans will be on the board, and they'll also have partial ownership of all the clubs. It's exactly the same as the German model, with obviously a few exceptions like Leipzig. Is that the way forward now? Like to, to stop shit like this happening again, or is it just going to be like massive sanctions against these clubs? It depends. Um, honestly, I have no idea. Uh, the fans want everybody punished, you know, which I think is quite telling. You know, yeah. um, City absolutely don't want that because this is their best chance to win a Champions League, which is the only reason the club exists yeah. uh, in years. Uh, Arsenal definitely don't want that. We're into the semi-finals of the Europa League mm. with a high, with a, not a high chance, but we've got a very good chance of winning the thing. Yeah, but it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a one in four chance. Let's be fair. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, the would have been Manchester United. I actually think Manchester United, out of all of the Premier League teams that were in it a couple of week, a couple of months ago, Manchester United are the ones that we match up quite well with. We mm. have in the past. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, but when your own fans are like, yeah, we should be kicked out of this. <laughs> you know, like, I, I agree with it as well. Like, I do, I don't, I completely agree with like something has to happen to, to these clubs. Like, and again, I don't think it's the question is, where does it fall down to? Do you punish a club or do you punish the owners? Because really, the owners have dragged the clubs into this. The owners have dragged the clubs in, but then again, like, they are the owners. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> but that's, yeah, and that's that's the, that's the trouble. Like, well, like if you do you hurt if you hurt them on the pitch, does it actually hurt them 
personally. I don't think it does, you know, because like I said, like if it's someone like Man City or Chelsea, if they're expelled from the Champions League for say three years, money fixed. Uh, Liverpool, likewise, will just stream, will just like slim down and wait three years. You know, uh, we'll 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 build up some young players and we'll hype them up and we'll sell them on. Job done. So likewise, Arsenal, Spurs, like it might reset the top, the big six. It might get rid of them as a concept, but I don't think it like it actually punishes the owners as such. So that, that that's a, another tricky part. I think personally, I'm I'm in favour of the ownership laws. I think clubs like Liverpool and Man United should be fan owned, and likewise with Arsenal. Like oh, I think work for those clubs big time. Because imagine, like, like if you have your own say oh, in those clubs, up until, you, a, up until a few years ago, Arsenal was. Yeah, exactly. And it was hugely successful. You yeah. fucking build a stadium out of it, like. Let's let's face it, like you know. So it should work, especially with Liverpool. I think it's egregious. I think it should, like like they should be the same. You know, they should have that 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 ownership there. Feel free to like in, like for any people coming in, feel free to invest into the club. We'll we'll happily go for that. You can get your own little bit of power play there. But like for Liverpool, that club belongs to the fans. I've always been adamant about that. You know, that's why they have that emotional tie to the city because the people believe in the club and like and vice versa. That should always be the way. You know, um, I, again, I, I have no idea with that work with the likes of Real and stuff like that. But you'd have to ask a Real fan: Do they would they rather invest in their club themselves? You know, um, or rather, sorry, Barcelona, I should say, and uh, not Real. But it's but it's a question of like like. What possible consequences can you put onto six billionaires that they would actually feel? You know? Yeah, just I think the ownership rules are the only ones like because you've basically diluted their ownership of it. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Asset, you know? Uh, that's just it. So Yeah. So so let's let's pull it. Yeah. So so let's pull a few other threads from this now. So we, we mentioned the broadcasters a while ago and uh and I have to say, lads, Sky BT, he's pulled a blinder. Like, uh, it's it's amazing when you have a, a conflict of interest how quickly you can turn. And um, I have to say that with all the credit, it was some fucking powerful television. Um, it was some of the best footballing television I've ever seen. Like, it it's was remarkable. Great. Yeah, it was so fucking great. Like, uh, yeah. it was just surreal. It was surreal to watch. Like, you watch every single minute. You're watching. You're like, is this actually happening? This is actually happening. This is, this is it happening. is, yeah, that's the thing. I'm not drunk. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> but let's, let, let's chart this out then, shall we? So um, so Sunday, we have United versus Burnley. How appropriate, you know? So it's a tedious game. It's awful. It's painful. We're not talking about it this week or next week or in our fucking lifetime. But again, the main story from it was Super League news breaking. And in real time, you can hear Gary Neville get angry. Like, you can actually hear... The palpitations. You can hear Martin Tyler like slowly squeezing himself away from from the <laughs> and, and, you know, and and all the while, like like I, I was at one point, Neville just stops watching the game and just like is stewing like lividly about his club selling their souls as fuck as if these massive clubs have had souls to begin with. Let's be fair, but um, that was chapter one. That was a prologue, and I think it was it was a tasty starter. In fairness, like that was I think like that got us in the mood, and. Uh, Sky very much kind of like set their stall out for what their stance would be. And Neil, is there any reason why Sky would feel this way? About <laughs> Super ah, something to do maybe a broadcasting rights or any other type of shit, you know? Maybe. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's 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 funny how that works, isn't it? Um, so then we come to Monday, and this this is the main event for me. I I fucking love this. So 
Uh, we have Liverpool Leeds, which in any other season, any other context, is a fucking sexual match. Like you, like literally, the first match of the season was a four-three win for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, like anything like that will be even more magical. But then the fans got involved. We had like we had protests uh, outside as Liverpool like coach arrived. They were booed out of the fucking out of Allen Road. And um, then we had like the the shirts that were supposedly like mad like yeah the shirts the shirts the lead shirts were unbelievable. Like there's yeah. a brilliant photo of Klopp watching the Leeds players warm up and the look of thunder on his face. He's just yeah. like. But and this is the thing, like like they're, like they they are on the same side here, which is what I really loved. And I've never seen such like expectation and anticipation over a pre-match interview than with Klopp. Oh, yeah, because there was like we remember there was pretty much radio silence before until about three p.m. from all these clubs, and Liverpool were the first to respond because they had to, like they had to like remind people, oh, we're playing Leeds tonight. I'm I'm going. See, but good luck, Mike. But they didn't even do <laughs> They didn't even do team news in, on this, right? So, um, so anyway, like, so again, so we have they've they've got the dream team here. They've got Neville and Carragher ready to go. They've clearly been like they've been, must have been there since like midnight. Yeah, they've, been, fluff, this show. they've been fluffing each other up for fucking ages. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They've literally been there for like twelve hours, like stewing, like like they must have been starved. Like how you train fucking like <laughs> police dogs, um. And again, they, they talk away and there's like such anticipation of like of what's going to happen and what Klopp says. And once Klopp, like to his credit, like he has, he's a product of the German like football system. Like mm. again, they have their own politics. They believe in football. They are a footballing league. You know, they're not driven by money or at least not all of them are. Um, and you can see it in him. Like he did not want any part of the Super League. Like he's a man of his word. He didn't change and go, well, you know, maybe we, we, we might look at this. It might be good for the team. No, he said, I don't like it. I don't want it. And the same words were replicated by James Milner coming from a working class background from Leeds, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Of course he wouldn't want it. The players hate this. Like this all goes against their ethos. Uh, and the hilarious thing was the, the, the distinct relief of the, of the panel of Neville and Carragher when they heard that Klopp was going like was going against the owners, it's like, oh great, we're off the hook now. That's great, you know. It's just like, oh, but was all revved up after the match because Klopp had a go at Neville. Completely <laughs> pointlessly. Like I don't understand why. It's like you don't get to use you never walk alone. Well, we'll say that to your fucking owners then. That made it into a marketing ploy. Like, like I've had issues with Klopp this season because he's clearly like at his wit's end about this, the team this season. But he's having to go with the wrong people. Like he, okay, he's lashing out. His team was like, considered a late minute equalizer. Fair enough, right? Neville is not the person to blame. Like it's not his fault. Your team like got like outworked by Marcelo Bielsa. Like a lot of teams get outworked by Marcelo Bielsa. They did beat Man City like fucking last week. So you know it's mm-hmm. fine. It can happen. But yeah, it's um. It, it, it was it was wonderful television in that regard, and it, it was almost like it was set up for it because then you had Chelsea Brighton the next day, <laughs> and then you had like City playing, and now Arsenal tonight. Like, fuck man, like you couldn't have written this. Um, but yeah, like like the reason we're kind of talking about this is because the broadcasters, like I think they know themselves they're in a hypocritical position, right? Because they did mention this like during well, the broadcast. They knew, they knew they were in a hypocritical position. That's why they leaned so heavily into the victim. Uh, Victim narrative, yes, you know, oh, poor, what was me, Sky Sports, uh, 
you know, which you know, under any any other circumstances would have been a fucking laughable stance to take. Yeah, um, that's it. So yeah, I mean, but I mean, it was even said on Sky Sports. I don't know. I think it was maybe Carragher who said that, like, you know, Sky Sports were responsible for the breakaway of the Premier League. It was actually Dave Jones. It was the anchor. It was Dave show. Jones, was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is key because he's, he's got the producer in his ear, so he's he's saying that either with or without their permission. Yeah, you know, that exactly. was so we're very yeah. much off the off the court, either off or on the corporate scripts, which yeah, is very, you, very interesting. You there. To hear him say that about Sky Sports on Sky Sports as well, which is one one of the main reasons why, as well, all this fucking this football television was just so excellent. Yeah, <laughs> fucking wonderful. And it was just cra- like it was just crazy, like to see them leaning into the just going, "Oh, poor, what was me? Like we don't." Mm-hmm. Like you know, we don't deserve this. Or how how did this happen? It was like it's the fucking signpost for fucking agents. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, it else ties into then uh, to Mr. Florentino Perez, who I think will like be the card of the year this year. Like he has literally stormed out from the pack and won our hearts over with his delusion. Like holy shit, it's actually exceptional the the level of reality he's living in. Like Neil, you you probably know the. Interview like word by word at this stage, but like I, to be honest, the- I've only watched it once. Like, I can't say I won't be able to go through that again. I'm mean, like it's like like rewatching loads of Alan Partridge, you know. No, yeah, it's it's very similar energy. But like the the one point that kept resonating with me was the reason why they're doing it, right? And they're basically they're basically chasing imaginary fans, right? So the this like this really awful turn of phrase has been developed recently. Oh, legacy, legacy fans, fans one, yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Like, again, like, again, this is like this is a corporate capitalist like mind like mindset of like having to put a name to something. It's like, well, how do you call like a a thirty year old person who's gone who has a season ticket with Chelsea? Like, who do you call them? Oh, I suppose you call them a lifelong fan. Lifelong? No, not much. Legacy fan. There we go. That's a nice marketing term for them. And um, so completely detached, completely unemotive, which is their nature. Um, but then calling like, but then looking for like new fans. Like, what are these magical new fans that you're looking for? And they're saying like, and like Perez like drop, like brings out some hot stats, saying that only forty percent of eighteen twenty four year olds watch football now. I was like, okay, why is that? And where is he getting these numbers? What what anus is he plucking them out of? Because what, yeah, what what fucking like third party like marketing like bullshitters LinkedIn wankers is he getting that from? Um. Because like, oh, so, what, I wonder why is it the case that the forty only forty percent are watching football now? Is it because they can't afford to, like yeah. from the tickets that you're selling at high prices? That's the thing. Television yeah. services. Exactly. That's that's another thing as well. Like Perez is from Spain. Like Spain is the highest youth unemployment rate on the planet. Like, well, yeah. outside of like outside of a third world country. Mm. You know, I was like. Hi on, is that the exact same age group you think aren't watching, aren't going to football games, aren't paying for subscription fees? <laughs> I don't have any fucking jobs. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, like this is the thing. Like, you know, like where, how many people are bothering to fucking pay for Sky and BT to watch Premier League when you can literally just wait ninety minutes and you get the highlights on YouTube for free? Mm. It's almost as like that's a better deal or something. I don't know. Um. Like it's it it's is almost so like there's other less legal alternatives to watching well, I, I, games I don't, as well. I don't want to say that on the that podcast. Don't cost you. <laughs> that don't cost you. You know, close to I'm like, 
right now, like a BT Sports subscription and a Sky Sports subscription and the Premier, you get the Premier bundled up with that as well. Yeah, that's like that's maybe it goes to 90, 100, 120 quid a week, like oh, 20 yeah. quid a month. Like a month, yeah. that, like. And that's bearing in mind that's also like not including like the Amazon Prime games that go there. So now you want like a weekly subscription to Amazon Prime on top of that to watch like fucking Burnley exactly. West. You know, it's it's ludicrous. Um so so in, in, in case like this is like like obviously like that's inflate overinflated the, the market as well with the broadcasters. So do you think that they have a role to play in this as well? Like they won't because like it's a competitive market, like they have to like whatever the fees are they have to compete with that but well, like, they've been paying they've been paying vastly vastly more and more sums for the exact same thing constantly like divvying up all the rights so that like it's all spread over subscription models are all garbage yeah uh, you know they're, they're allowing like the streaming services to try and get in on it even though streaming services don't really want in they don't see value in sports packages three-year sports packages it's too short mm. term for them. they'd rather go with dramas that they can stretch out for like eight nine years course yeah why not it's mad like that's another thing as well like the super league was supposed to be courting people like amazon and netflix like the billionaire like trillionaires nearly Mm. you know and just going do you not actually look at their business models like they were never going to go for a sports package just because amazon prime have what 20 25 games a season doesn't mean they're going to want the other 300 and something yeah like they they do that to test the water to see what their like uptake is is like and i'm gonna like gonna whim here but i don't think it's like they're doing any of their original dramas or productions that they're doing themselves. Like I, 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 I hazard a guess and say no. Well, it's like they've got well, Amazon have a lot of Prime exclusives. Like and some of them are actually quite good. Um, mm. You know, the they've boys. got big ones. Yeah. They've got big ones coming up. They've got a huge, mad fantasy one. They're adapting the uh, Wheel of Time books. Yeah. So they'll they'll get ten se- they'll get ten to eleven seasons out of that easily. That's a fourteen book series. So like plenty of plenty of mileage in that to be fair. You know, yeah. they'll get nine, ten seasons easy out of that sucker. Mm. But um like yeah, just, no streaming services don't go for sports packages. And the zone, the only one that does do it is the zone, um the mm. uh, Eddie Hearn related one. And that they've already they already they right off the bat stated that they weren't in for Super League streaming Super League broadcast rights. So it's like where is the, where is all this money going to come from? Where is the six billion in payments? Uh, sorry, where is the three point five billion to be paid out to the founder clubs? Then the ten billion a year in subsidy payments to down the trickle down the prep. Where is all this money going to come from? Like, yeah. none of this could be explained. Like, it was just, no, that, that, it was it's exactly it. Yeah. It yeah, it, it is a pipe dream. And like for me, like it, like are they using that? Do you think like? Do you think they're using that as an excuse for their ineptitude or would they literally chase Oh, they will. They absolutely will. In much the same way when Mourinho was sacked, the the initial thing was when Spurs signed up for the Super League, he refused to take the team out training and then he was oh. fired for it. You know, which is every which is such obvious dog shit if you've any yeah. um if you've any knowledge of football or how anything has been going. You know, yeah. and that didn't last as well. That didn't last like that. that this report that only lasted for about a day before everybody went, that's cop on. Like, they've had one win in six. They're going on the toilet. Granted, mm-hmm. nobody expect them to do it a week before a cup final, you know, which <laughs> would net them their first moderate piece of silverware since 91. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, I'm fine. The timing's pretty weird, but it was going to happen. He was never going to see out the season. 
or he's never going to see next season. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's it was all such a mess, and it needn't have been. Yeah, very true. And it, it in a way like it, it it's leaving such a sour taste in everyone's mouth because like fans are gonna like as, as you saw there was like a massive fucking fan protest outside the Emirates and like like fans yeah, are yeah, angry. They- but they yeah, don't know how to be angry at. Like, obviously, it's the owners, but how do you communicate that to them without, like, having the team in the crossfire, you know? Oh, no. They, no. Funnily enough, Arsenal fans, um, I don't give an awful lot of them very good, very much credit, but they know how to protest just the owners. I mean, mm. we've been doing it for fucking years, decades even. Yeah, you're well-versed in it, yeah. Yeah, so Silent, Silent Stan has been the, uh, the target of our ire for quite a while. Um, yeah. You know, going after the director Josh Cronky, his son as well. Like, like he was his open, like on the heated fans forum now. Like, heated was a fucking um, using that word quite charitably. He was just blatantly told by the fans to his face, "It's like you've no clue about English football." Yeah, just you don't have a clue. Like, you know, he just said, "Do you not? Do you not understand English football? Do you not interact with the fans? You've no clue." Like, there was this was never going to work. Like. So, and is that like, like, and that that delusion surely like travels through to the likes of like Andre Agnelli and Florentino Perez because like they are, like again like one of the points Perez makes was like without the Super League we won't be we won't sign the likes of like Mbappe or Holland, and my like response is like well then don't, like <laughs> you don't exist just to sign cool players that's not the point of your football team your point is to like put out a good team. Like develop players yourself. You're Real Madrid. You have the facility to make a superstar. You don't have to buy in all the time. And it's just like, has he lost sight of what Real Madrid is as well? Like, <laughs> like I, I couldn't get my head around it. Like the actual, like the the reasoning, the logic of like, well, we won't be able to buy in all these superstars. It's like, make one. You have Rodrigo and fucking Vinicius Junior there, and they could win you the Champions League themselves. There's your superstars. You don't have to keep chasing these start these these like players themselves. But like Perez's logic is, if I sign Mbappe, I'll win all the Mbappe fans. I was like, or maybe they'll just become Real Madrid fans naturally. Yeah, you know, it's it it's such a weird like, and I get it. I get it. What's happening? They're they're listening to all these like marketing like people who are saying like, well, like football fans now are not like tied by clubs; they're tied by players and all this bollocks it's 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 horseshit i'm sorry like i'm not like a twitter like clone of like someone with a thiago fucking avatar is not a football fan i don't care what you say they're not the ones you should be like targeting or aiming for aim for the people who go there every week and like passionately support the club and buy all the merchandise and all this stuff yeah the the people who spend like fucking 50 60 quid in a replica fucking jersey every fucking season even like could you imagine could you imagine any league of ireland teams did that if Rovers or Bowes just started chasing like imaginary fucking like like casual fans, like what would the fucking ultras say? What would the, what would Daily Mount say? What would fucking like yeah. Tallis Stadium say? They 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 fucking turn against the team completely, and like again, perfect example. Look at what Dundalk is doing. They're yeah. literally doing sports ball in Ireland, and you know what? It's falling on its fucking arse. Like, of course it is. It doesn't. That the system is in is doomed to fail. Like, if you're chasing transient fans, your club is going to be transient themselves because that's how the fucking market works. Like, fuck. Like these. I'm starting to get the feeling that just nobody in football knows how it works. 
there's a brilliant one. Um, it's a brilliant book. I have to actually buy. I actually ordered it. Uh, Simon Kuiper. He wrote it. Soccernomics. I've uh, heard of it. Yeah, it's very good. The thing about Martin is, I think it was a couple. I think it was Martin Yall or something like that. He said, to "Just when you get into football, like when you get into the back room of football, you realize that um, as what oil is to the oil industry, stupidity is the football." Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like you know, you've just you've got all these checks and balances for players, like you know, quality of players and all the stuff. But for the backroom staff who run the club, it's just there's nothing for it. There's like former players are just signed in, their mates, they're all just brought in. Yeah. You know, people who are friends with friends, board members who have like walked their dogs and shit like that, and they get given a fucking chair chairperson job like it's just it's just mental like it's just it's an aptitude upon an aptitude upon an aptitude like it's just the back room some of it's just so much worse than you'd ever believe like you know yeah yeah no I, I, and like i said we're seeing the evidence of that like right in front of us you know oh, like, as, irish, as irish people we've been seeing the evidence of that for decades with the fai <laughs> it's, yeah it's called our government um <laughs> But like yeah, and, and like and like I said, like it's you're used to that cronyism, but to see it like all exposed at the same time, and everyone like jumping jumping off the ship and trying to paint themselves as the good guys. Again, one name we haven't mentioned that much in this has been Ed Woodward, and he is the fucking like linchpin in all this. Like he has distanced himself so much from this pipe dream. Like it's actually kind of like impressive. I think people are. I think people are piling in on Woodward as much as they are everybody else because Woodward's actually stepped down. Woodward's no longer at Manchester United. And I think mm. if you talk to a good couple of Manchester United fans, they'd be like, it's actually kind of worth all of this yeah. garbage. Like, it's kind of worth your club taking this huge reputation here to get rid of him because they really don't like him. <laughs> they fucking hate him. Um, and they really dislike the Glazers. They want the Glazers fucking yeah. well out. Like, um, I, I do. I, I do. I do feel like the Liverpool fans are now going the same way because, in a way, there's a lot of goodwill to FSG because they took over from Hicks and Gillette. And the thing about them was that they weren't them, and they had basically put the money in. And they like again, like the, again, it's weird because the reason that these fans kind of liked FSG was because they like had done these like really nice gestures, like okay, we're not going to like build a new stadium, we're going to. Re, like uh, renovate Anfield and give you his extensions and stuff like that and their fans are going brilliant thank fuck you're not demolishing Anfield we really <laughs> didn't want that you know but then uh, but then on the opposite of like in Everton they're not doing anything they're demolishing Goodison Park and building a new stadium so like it's weird how like the, the parity is between two clubs but it's just the the actual like the, the spin of it you yeah. know like, like you know but like, like Goodison hasn't been like no work has been done on that, that stadium for years Likewise, Old Trafford is literally falling apart. The thing is, oh, Old Trafford is a fucking hole, man. I've actually been there. It's a fucking like it's a shockingly poor stadium. Yeah, it's like, a really bad one. But that yeah. and that's because of like literally like the like the that's the the owners going like, well, it's still a full house. Like, why would we put any money in it? We're it's still earning our crust, you know. So like, it's it's a thing where like you do have to hit them where they would notice. And um, so like you know the fans on mass side, we're not like attending our home stadium home matches renovate the fucking stadium how long would it take for them to to put the pull the finger out and do it it's like okay but you won't be able to sign mbappe it was like we don't want you to sign mbappe just build a fucking stadium it's like jesus christ people <laughs> stop following these fucking footballers oh it's just it's bad because again because Liverpool bought in this bullshit as well 
like one Premier League win and immediately we're back amongst the elites. One Champions League win and we're immediately back amongst the elites. We're linked with like Sancho's and Haaland's and Mbappe's because we have our Nike kit deal and Mbappe's a Nike athlete. People just fuck off. We're, we, no one should be this type of club, especially Liverpool. Liverpool have literally built stars themselves. Gerrard, Carragher, fucking Henderson. He was a, 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 like a right, right winger for, like, for Sunderland. Dalglish bought him because he needed someone to play on the right. And lo and behold, he becomes our captain. We made him. You know, like it's, it's not, doesn't work that way. It doesn't work in reverse. You know, and it's, I hope this, I hope they learn something, but I don't think they will. You know, especially FSG, for someone who pretends to understand the, the culture of the club, you know, even though they don't like realize they have a women's team. Um, they don't realise yeah, that exactly. there's a curious thing we'll probably get onto the women's part of this now <laughs> might as well actually because it's a very good point on it like, the, literally just like, the token of, of gestures the to- most token of gestures which is the stupidest of gestures as well like uh, I, I've, I've spoken to a few women who follow football as well and they're all like we actually kind of probably would have rather they not with the like, it was such a bad gesture that they were kind of like, we'd have been happy just being ignored. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> because obviously they're not going to select different teams for the women's super league, mm. um, uh, for the women's European super league to go into it. So it's all the men's teams. Yeah. Um, and all right, then fine. So you've got City and Chelsea. They've really good women's teams. Arsenal have a great women's teams as well. Spurs Actually, yeah. not really. The Liverpool women's team playing a fucking car park, yeah. uh, you know, in the, second, the in the second division of England, by the way. So we exactly. are bottom of that league table. Exactly. So you you looking at this going like, are you fucking serious? Like, like yeah. all right, Barcelona feminine, they're doing great. Uh, well, good enough, Real. Like, you're missing like for the European Super League. I was like, okay, then you don't have Leon, <laughs> you know. No Wolfsburg. Like, you know, like, to have a European Women's Super League and not have Leon in it is just crazy. I mean, the yeah. team that up until a month ago were European champions for something like 1,170 days. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so you're going to start a league without those guys, yeah? Is yeah, yeah, a, yeah. They're, they're, they're being nerfed. They're too OP. Yeah, fuck off. Fucking ridiculous. Like, oh, how's it going, like... Yeah, that, that was clearly proposed for somebody who'd not watched a fucking minute of women's football. Exactly. The, crazy. But that's exactly it. It was the hubris of like 12 clubs thinking they could run football better than themselves. Like, just it, thinking they could just do what they wanted. Like, they went away, did their own little thing, mm-hmm. came up with their own rules, and then just kind of presented it as like, this is going to happen, deal with it, because we're the owners and you have to, you know, we can do what we want. And you're like, no, like, yeah, all right, then fine. You have the piece of paper with your name on it that says that nominally you own the club, but you can't just do what you want with it. No, and it's not just how it works. So fucking, oh man, I'm so bizarre. Like, and just like it, it was such a bad idea, so poorly implemented. Like, I really couldn't, like, it was so badly done and so poorly implemented that I. There is a part of me that kind of thinks that this is maybe a bit of a smokescreen for the Swiss model champions yeah, yeah, yeah. going in. Because now nobody's talking about that. Because had that been put up, like that was that's a dog's dinner. That is garbage. That is truly, truly awful. 
Yeah, and we mentioned it on the show, like not too. I think it was like the last podcast we were talking yeah. about this. That is, it's getting ratified. It is ratified. It is happening. Yeah, it's happening. And, it's happening. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, happening. And it's just like it, like this is like it's just as bad as the Super League, if not worse. Like they are, they're essentially trying to force the, the English uh, football system to ditch one of their comp competitions to accommodate five more group stage matches. It's like, yeah. why? Why would? Why would they bother? Again, the Champions League is not going to earn as more money as the Premier League. It's always going to get prioritised. The Premier League is always going to win in that in that right. It, that's where the money is. That's where they're going to chase. You know. Okay. Let's just say like a team like West Ham and Leicester can go fuck. We're in the Champions League. Let's have fun. Let's 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 take it seriously. Like what's going to happen to them in the league? What happened to Leicester last time they did that? They were nearly relegated. Exactly. Like, it's not going to work. And also, no like, just the assumption that you could still play in their domestic leagues. Like, oh, it's like we're going to do this. We're going to do this, but we're still going to play along with you guys. And like, what? Like, how did? Why did you assume that? Like, why was? Like, with an, why, with an extra cash bonus of three hundred million pounds, so we can reap you in particular and right. finish ahead of you as a result. That's the thing. Like, it's it's fucking crazy. Like, I think Sid Lowe uh, gave the example of when uh, Apoel Nicosia got yeah. through. But implausibly to the Champions League quarterfinals, and then went back to the Greek league with all the cash that they'd earned, and then went on to win it like fucking fifteen times in a row by thirty points because it's just so yeah, much you know, they, they still are Cypriot champions, like, yeah. and, and that's because that's from merit. They earned that. They got to the quarterfinals. Like, of course they would. But uh, like, it's just it's just insane. Like, they just assumed all of this, you know, and. Again, like Perez is just denying all this. Like, oh, the players won't be banned from international duty. No, the clubs will still be able to, to play in the domestic leagues. It's like, not, not according to the commissioners of those leagues. The government bodies. Yeah, I'll take their word. The government bodies. Not according to people who run those leagues. Why are you saying this? Like, you're just stating things you want to happen, see happen. It's like, it does not how it's not going to work, you fucking idiot. Like, oh, man, it was just. I couldn't believe that they were doing any of this. I really, really yeah. fucking couldn't. It's insane. <laughs> it really is. And like, again, the the whole like the the whole pathetic fallacy of it is that when you do see some of these clubs involved in the conversation, is like, like what are Spurs doing at that table? Like what? Like it's like, like you have actually like you're not in the big six anymore. Arsenal's not the big six anymore. No. Like it's like, it's like there's other clubs in there, and like and the thing is like. Whatever happens in the after in the aftermath of this, like these teams are now like gonna have a massive target on their back because of all this. The actual gamesmanship is gonna be off the fucking charts. And in a way, I kind of like that. I like the fact that like they are gonna be targeted because they deserve it. They deserve yeah. to like unintentional returns. Yeah. But like especially with like Arsenal, like how long was Spurs like kind of like time in the sun? From say what like from the the bail years like for, from Harry Redknapp to to Pochettino it was like what seven years maybe about that. I wasn't. No, not even that. Right. So okay. So like if if Redknapp got him to the Champions League, right? So that like take two years off that. So yeah, five years. Five years they were in they were they were in the sun, and they have immediately said, "Oh, we are a bigger club than Newcastle, than Leeds, than Aston Villa, who've actually won the fucking championship." Yeah. Um, yeah. Blackburn Rovers currently the championship might have something to say to these lads, two-time fucking Premier League winners. Yeah. Leicester, the the most improbable winners of all time, they might have something to do with say about that as well. 
and conveniently have also finished in the top six when you haven't. So, like, what 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 has given you the right to say this? You know, what political sway do you think you have? Um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. Like, I, like if you were to think of consequences, Neil, what can you anticipate happening if you like to these clubs? In all fairness, I don't think anything is going to happen. Um, I, re- I really, really, really don't. I, I truly don't. I think the clubs are going to hold up the financial penalties that they're going to have to pay to back out of the non-binding agreements and go, look, we're already paying. Pay. Also, where's that money going? Yeah, that's the question. We don't know. We don't know who's like who's the credit. Paying that yeah. A Barcelona, like Barcelona and Real. It's, that's the reason why they're the only two left in. It's kind of like a taunt-in. <laughs> Everybody else is fucking dead, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> and they get to keep the fucking cash. We don't know. We don't know what the fucking who's who's the creditor to that. Like that's the thing. Well, fucking, it's ridiculous. Like, so yeah. Uh, I, but honestly, I really, don't, I don't, I honestly don't think anything will happen. No, I do hope things do happen. Yeah. Um. But I, I like if you were to ask me if I think things are going to happen. Mm. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's, it's this is the thing I, I find as well. Like I think it's it's so difficult. Like I think what will happen, I think there'll be certain things. Like I think there'll be a restructuring of the the of rules and legislate on regulations to ensure they can't break away. I think that's like an, an nailed on. I do feel like the ownership rules would be a good fix to this because this was a flight of fancy from like six billionaires who thought they could they could run everything. So don't give them the power. Don't give them that influence. And um, I would certainly go for that. And I think I think a lot of people in English football would like that system too, because you can imagine like oh, Arsenal fans would fucking love it. But even but that's the thing. But like, see, this rule will apply to all English clubs, you know. So like, this is a wider problem with English football. This could actually save a lot of English clubs as well when you think about it. Like if Newcastle, for example, suddenly had the option of like a fifty plus one rule, Mike actually has no stranglehold over that club anymore. And West Ham now have a say in the way their club is run. All, t- all, the, all the teams squandering in the Championship in League One, Nottingham Forest, Blackburn, Hull, Sunderland, all very problematic owners now no longer have any control. The stranglehold is gone off these teams. And, okay, look who are you missing in the, in the, in the in offset? Like, okay, you might have like teams well-run like Brighton, for example. That's fine. Like, like they'll still be in charge. You know, the, the fans can say, well, no, we, we like these people in charge. Because like, yeah. all the fans are yeah. going to get our vetoes and very crucial vetoes at that. Which, yeah. So long as they have a say, that's all that matters, you know. And um, like again, like we, we, can't, we domestically we don't have like we have some basket cases, but we know they're basket cases. Like we can look at Athlone Town, who no one knows who owns, and go, "Ah, <laughs> they're weird." Or Bray, literally just like disappearing off the face of the earth. Or Cork City, or as we said, Dundalk now recently. Like Dundalk are owned by like a sports company who like I don't know do stuff. Like that's their that's basically their remit. It's like yeah, they are placed at those things. Yes, we are we are we are we do things. We make a lot of stuff. Peak six, we we do things. Like <laughs> hire coaches who are not technically qualified, and um, so like like we don't have the issue. But like for Spain uh, and and Italy, I don't know what's going to happen to them. Like this was this felt like their final gambit for me. Like I can see the like I don't know if we we'll ever see a team like Inter or Barca going to the wall. But it feels like a very real prospect. I don't see how. Like I don't. I don't see how. In particular, like, right? Maybe Inter could escape because, as again, they've sailable assets. They smash in, yeah. But Barcelona don't really. I'm like, 
they can get rid of a lot of their youngsters, but they won't get rid of them to the tune of like seven hundred million. No, you know, like no, nobody out there has the cash to pay what they need to pay, and also they need to get rid of a lot of their current crop. Exactly, you know, they need to get. They need. To, they don't just need to sell. They need. I'm oh, sorry. They don't just need to like sell for a high price. They need to get rid of. They need to prune. Yeah, um, and it's just like. I, to answer, I very much believe that Barcelona might go bankrupt. I think you're right. I think Juventus could go as well because Juventus could go as well. They owe an awful lot of short-term debt, and they've no owners. They've huge debts. They make they their expenditures are colossal. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's, that's the key thing. It's the it's the year or two of like COVID, and then blaming that on on the lack of the lack of income without seeing the other side of the fucking accounting bill. It's like, well, no wonder you're you're feeling the point of it now when you're paying like Cristiano Ronaldo, what thirty million a year, and he what has he delivered to you? You haven't won a Champions League. You're not winning the league this year. That's going to either Inter or AC. Exactly. So yeah. like, although so, in all fairness to them, they have won it the previous nine times. But that was before Ronaldo. They had the dominance already. They didn't have to sign him at all. Exactly. I'm mean, like they're paying fucking Aaron Ramsey like eight point five million. Not even in the squad, like, the, you know, like, that's, Colonel, like that's take home pay, take home. Yeah. Like, that's not. <laughs> so I think that's actually that's probably the, like the most the, the best thing that's happened to Arsenal this this week, hasn't it? <laughs> no, but, it's, um, it's not over yet, because yeah. So like, so while we have a bit of time, then let's 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 dwell on North London a little bit. Let's talk about the the sacking of Spurs and. Um, well timed, you have to say. Very well timed, uh, perfectly yeah. well timed to go under the heavily fogged radar um, of current football. But um, it, it's it's a weird one, right? So, um, so for those not in the know, Jose uh, in his second season, which is technically meant to be his successful season, <laughs> is that. Um, and uh, I, I, I just want to say it now. I fucking called it. I said this is going to happen. Oh, absolutely. Well, we knew we knew it was going to happen. I mean, like, it's going to be. He'd been aiming for it. He'd been asking for it. He'd been trying to get sacked. That they've done it a week before a cup final. Now that's the kind of that's very yeah. That's, that's the eyebrow raising. That's the only eyebrow raising part of this whole thing. By the way, that's the only bit that has me kind of going. Ooh. Um, him getting sacked. Um, oh, for fuck's sake. Var, by the way. <laughs> no, it's another VAR review. There was one VAR review for the penalty. Yeah. And now there's been another VAR review to see for an offside. Mm. Any. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, the initial pass is uh, offside, I think. Also, this is another thing that's ruining football, VAR. And that can also fuck off. Yeah, VAR can go fuck itself. <laughs> It's just terrible. It's so terrible. So, so, so again, like, so, like, dwell on Spurs for a minute. Like, again, I, I, I kind of brought this up the last time about how, like, this is very much the death throes of Spurs as we know it, because (laughs) they have, like, let's let's read between the lines here, right? So, Jose's gone, and thirty million. thirty million, indeed. Massive stadium that they have not been able to fill out. So that is a... For two, for two whole years. Two whole years, precisely. Um, 
and <laughs> like the players want out. Let's be fair here. Like the there's been way too many rumblings from the Harry Kane camp, and he's yes. like he's not he's not saying things himself because he's a Spurs captain. And he doesn't want to be heard to say things, but there's no smoke without fire. Like out of all the seasons, why are we talking about this now? Why is Kane wanting to leave such a big? hot button topic now in a market by the way where people are not going to be able to spend a hundred million on players so it i just it, the timing of it is all very strange the timing he's basically just spoiling that uh they're insinuating that he, if they don't make european football he wants out yeah but the problem is is that they've all signed huge fucking contracts a couple of years back so like there's an equation in when a flair wants to go so there's equations there right so there's like how much money you'll bring into the club, like your fee, how much money you'll take out of the club, your wages, yeah, and how many years you have in your contract. And unfortunately, with that, um, Kane is on the losing side of everything. He's two years into a six-year deal, right? So yeah, fuck time-wise, uh, he's contracted to the end of 2024. Um, his wages aren't onerous; they can afford to pay him and not play him. Mm-hmm. And um. Yeah, no, who's going to spend, again, like you said, like you stated, who's going to spend 100 million quid on them? No one. Yeah. Exactly. And also, Le- Levi, he's just, he's a notorious operator in transfers, and he's already stated that he will not sell Kane to an English rival. So Kane's going to have to go abroad. But as we stated, like, if English cases are an, ap- if the English clubs are an absolute basket case, the fucking, uh, the clubs abroad, they're, you know, They've got their eggs scrambled completely. Like, obviously, yeah. Because like the only club he could go to would be say PSG, and they're already paying for Neymar and Mbappe in a season where they might not have any TVD at all. So they're on completely working off money given to them from the Qataris, which I'm sure will be fine. But like, they're not going to be able to justify that much amount of money for one player because they'll be wanting more. They'll need other players in that regard. So. Like again, why would you buy an extra striker when you have two of the best in the world already? Mm. It would be their argument. So yeah, it, it like it, it, that's the thing. So it's not gonna be a happy camp. Like there's player like Bale. Like what's the story with him? Like like he seems to he'll, go, he'll go back alone. See that's the thing. Like yeah. he'll go back to be a huge drain on Real's fucking wage bill. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, and, and Real don't want them back, but nobody wants to pay him three quarters of a million quid a week. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> be shit. Is this so? Is this so weird that now, like suddenly, this like need to be sustainable is like been thrust upon these big clubs, and they're blaming the pandemic for it. Like this could have easily happened without the pandemic. Oh, absolutely! You know? like, this, is all, this is all coming to a head. The pandemic's just kind of moved up. The pandemic's just like kind of like wound the clock forward. Pretty this much, yeah. This is always going to happen. The thing is, is that there was too. There's too much of this whole. All right, then we've given them obscene wages, and now we stop playing, or now we don't want to play them, so we'll just wait them out. Yeah. You know, because we'll always make money. But the thing is, it's like, all right, and if somebody turns that tap off for even a day, or for even mm. for a short amount of time, bleep, fuck. That's exactly what the coronavirus has done. It's shut off the tap, and then they realize that they were always dying at first the whole time. And uh, yeah, that's just it. Like, Bale will go back. They've got, he's got huge, massively huge wages. Uh, yeah, they just, they don't want to keep him. They don't want him. He doesn't want to be there either. He likes playing golf. Um, yep. So, but nobody's going to pay him. Like, he, he, essentially, his career is done. Yeah, it is. Um, but even and, and like I said, like like 
as you mentioned, that like the, the the sheer amount of expenditure at Spurs for what they're getting back, like even if they do win the League Cup this weekend, that doesn't pay any bills. That doesn't justify anything, you know. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't. It doesn't pay. Uh, it doesn't pay any bills, particularly when you're being bantered off by your own paint supplier sponsor. Oh my lord! Like any in a normal week, that would have been the fucking funniest cut ever. But it just was. That's the one thing we were gonna forget was Dulux. Yeah. That that fuck. Uh, but but look, like it's it is a thing. So the the consequence of this then with Jose Lee's leaving is uh, the new appointment is Ryan Mason. Now obviously he's on uh, a temporary basis until the end of the season. Um, and again, in a normal week under normal circumstances, this is a lovely story because like I'm I'm sure we all say it, we feel very bad, sad for for how what happened to Ryan Mason. You know, if you don't know, essentially he, uh, I think was was he playing for Hull, and he uh, he essentially uh, suffered a a fractured skull uh, going up for a header. It was I think it was just like he just um, hit it wrong and fractured skull, and it essentially ended his career. He did come back, but essentially he was just having a lot of like uh, he just couldn't pass concussion tests because of it. So he had to retire when he was twenty six, which is uh, ridiculous. He was actually one of the uh, players that Pochettino brought up into the uh, Spurs system at the time. And essentially went out on loan for game time, um, and that's when it happened. So Spurs essentially kind of like feeling like I don't know, kind of wanting to kind of throw him a bone, uh, like allows him to do his coaching badges. And he's one of the main, he was one of the coaches at Spurs along with the likes of uh, Ledley King and so forth. Um, and again, under normal circumstances, this is a lovely story of someone like managing the club after like what a very tragic thing that's happened to him personally. And like he won his first game against Southampton, uh, you know, it, it, it's a feel-good story in a situation where like there is no time for feel-good stories, you know. Um, no, because it's just this avalanche of absolute shit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I like I, I feel bad for him because like uh, again, I was watching that Spurs match to see what the team was like. Let's. I'm gonna be honest here. It wasn't about Spurs being good. It was about Southampton being bad. You yeah, know, it was also, that Kane, Kane hasn't trained yet at all. Yeah, no. Kane, Kane won't be there for the final. So it's, it's not going like, to be the final. No. So you're, you're fighting. You're fighting with one arm tied behind your back already. Um, and now, to be credit, like Son and, and Mora have a lovely partnership when Kane's not there. But like that's that, that was again during normal times with like Pochettino training. It's not there anymore. And. Um, but I'm just I'm even looking at this and thinking like like Spurs like I've seen Nagelsmann linked to the Spurs job and I'm thinking why on God's green earth would the prodigy the heir to German football ever go to Spurs like that is just not going to happen at all. Yeah, and, no, I, I think it's it's just crazy. Like you know, in all fairness, now he would be a great signing for them, but I just like. But what's the project? There is no project. Like he's, he's, he's yeah, it's it, there's nothing there. Like so, when I look at Spurs, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking, looking at Spurs and thinking that that's it. They're done. Like there's nothing that this club can give anymore. Um, like for me, I, again, I know the comparisons are very harsh. At the minutes, um, in this context, but like Harry Kane will be the next Alan Shearer. He is gonna be that one man club. He can't escape the club, and the club is just like declining around him and he's the one keeping it up you know and that's I feel I just get that sense already from him and it's so hard on him because he probably could win league championships with Man City or PSG he could absolutely win he could absolutely win loads like it's never been a term it's never been a doubt on his quality as a player yeah. but um, 
it's just like he's he's in a bad situation. He, although in all fairness, it's difficult to feel any kind of sympathy for him. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an Arsenal fan. It's just that you know nobody made him sign a fucking six-year yeah, exactly. fucking contract. You know nobody made very him true. prostrate himself over that particular barrel. Um, mm. it's very much so that Levi used the Champions League final as a kind of aphrodisiac for his players to get them to sign these huge fucking contracts. Yeah, and now he has them all over a barrel. Yeah, and I, in a way, I feel sad for the likes of like Sonamora because, like, in another in another universe, another timeline, we would have signed. Like, I would have loved to have Son on, my, on our team, and indeed, he was linked to us for a long time. And Spurs got there first, though. But like, like they're like those are players that like would love to go somewhere else. I would feel, you know, as as much as it would be nice to play for Spurs, they're just not getting anything out of it, you know. And I, I like oh, it's again, a fucking futile enterprise. Yeah, it is exactly. And, like, again, a lot of clubs are going to be in the same similar quandary. Like, AC was in this quandary for a long time. Inter had their spell of it as well, where just, like, it's just completely inactive. There's no, there's, there's nothing, there's no driving force in the team anymore. And, like, Spurs are not going to be able to create another Harry Kane to do this. Like, it's, it's, it's a club-wide issue. And um, so, like, when you say, like, they're in the big six, they're not anymore. They're, they're gone. Like, there's there's nothing there to call them big anymore, and it's it, it's quite ironic. Just that, in a way, like it's it's funny to see how the vanity project of Spurs has just fallen so flat, you know. Trying to be again, trying to do an, an Arsenal, like build a new stadium, create a legacy that way. I mean, did it really work with Arsenal? Probably not. Like you got the stadium out of it, like it, it's there, it's still standing. The stadium, but the subsequent investment after the stadium was built didn't come. No. You know? That's it. Yeah. So you should have learned from that. And yeah, again, that, that's that's been the two main stories from this week, to be honest. <laughs> there hasn't been much else. Like the, the Premier League is still going on. There's football happening at the moment, but it's like, it's there. It's yeah. like some wonderful nil all draws this week, if you want us to talk about that, I guess. But um, we're not, obviously. Uh, like we are like rapidly like um, running out of games now at this stage and like as with that then we have like uh, some finality to the league table I so, suppose like I suppose our next cast we can wrap everything up when you know football hasn't decided to completely shit itself inside out think, yeah like a lovely big catch up to like back to normal podcast you know until like Florentino Perez eats the head off a bat or something and everything goes crazy <laughs> again um, but yeah like it's it, it is what it is like so uh We'll leave it here for this edition, guys, because, um, mm-hmm. like I said, there's there's not much we can say at the moment until like football like has a normal one for a change, and once that happens, we can actually talk about it again. But um, but hopefully you've enjoyed our little conversation, our our counselling session about the Super League, about how it's definitely not the death of football. Football has already been <laughs> it dead. Does feel, it does feel like all of football has just gone to group for like the last week or so, hasn't it? Like it's just like it's like has football always been this bad? Yes, it has. <laughs> haven't noticed. No, you haven't noticed. You're in denial. Ah, uh, that's why the denial, right? And not just the, the river in Egypt. Exactly, and this is the accept- acceptance phase. Yeah, yeah. Now I understand. That. Yeah, grand. <laughs> and when does despair kick in? No. <laughs> so, so with that in mind, I, I, I'm only saying that because I'm looking at West Ham fifth. That's that's why despair is kicking in. <laughs> that's, our, that's our that's our fucking table rival. Fucking Jesus. Anyway, um, so guys, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed that podcast. Uh, we will hopefully have a normal service resuming in a, in two weeks' time, where we will go in depth into the run in and the Premier League, 
where Man City will likely be crowned champions. The three teams will probably get relegated, so it'll just be the climactic battle for fourth like between five teams potentially, uh, or six, depending on how the game goes tonight. But um, but Neil, thank you very much for your company. It was it was thank nice. You're having me. It was it was nice for both of us to vent about something we have no control over. Um, <laughs> and uh, and hopefully you've enjoyed our listen as well at home. Uh, if you have enjoyed this podcast, by all means, please subscribe to us on Spotify for more of the same. We do these podcasts every two weeks uh, on uh, most topics in football, I'll be honest. Like sometimes other things can jump in there as well. And uh, we don't always uh, vent about footballing uh, governing bodies, but we, we try to every now and then. Um, uh, actually, you've already broken your promise from last week, Neil. We, we didn't get to Philip Lamb this week. So <sighs> we'll have to... We'll have to do. He didn't even put publish any articles. The frauds did like, not he, even. He did he, not know. Did not even. <laughs> he tried to warn us about this. The fucker. Tried to warn us. We did try to warn us. We did not. <laughs> and again, the irony is the Bayern Munich player wants to be in the Super League. Fucking let him go. Uh, so yeah, guys. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed that. We will be back again in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, if you want to keep up with anything that we're doing, you can follow us at Monday Madness LP. You'll find out what we're doing on our YouTube channel. We do tons of playthroughs uh, all at the same time. And uh, you can follow our content that way. Or again, you can, if you want to listen to all of our podcasts, you can do it on Spotify as well. But for now, guys, we'll leave you here. And uh, we'll see you next time. Because all of that, unfortunately, was <laughs> liquid football. Woo! <laughs>